This week's podcast is proudly brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, DU has worked to restore, enhance, and protect wetlands to the benefit of wildlife and people. It's a daunting challenge and one our supporters take very seriously because to them, nothing is more important than the outdoors we all cherish. And it all starts in our local chapter events. To find an event near you or to join our volunteer team, go to www.ducks.org. DU, a proud sponsor of the Lone Star Outdoors Show and Sportsman Everywhere. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born in war, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists. Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 638 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking all things hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies. I do appreciate it. Um, Man, dog days of summer finally seem to be winding down. Temperatures, not so much (laughs) in Texas, Uh, but it is Texas in August. So what do you expect? Uh, But Texas Trophy Hunter extravaganza season is upon us, and the Dove opener is right behind that. So they kind of cue things up for the best time of the year. And, and I cannot wait for the Dove opener as we will get little JoJo, our uh, chocolate lab, back from Trigger Time Kennels here, I think. Rusty said they're bringing the kennel back from Minnesota. They take all the dogs, the entire kennel up to Minnesota to train for the summer because it's too dang hot in the Lone Star State. Uh, but they're headed back on like the 23rd, should be here by the 25th, 26th. So the kids can't wait to love on her. I can't wait to see her. Um, Rusty, her trainer, sent me some videos the other day, and she seems to be uh, progressing quite nicely. A lot of drive, he says in that one, which you love to hear. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys are getting ready for dove season. I certainly am. And we'll have uh, Owen Fitzsimmons on, our Texas Parks and Wildlife Dove Program Leader, coming up here leading up to the season. So um, that should be a, a good conversation, kind of get the lowdown on how our morning and white wing dove are looking. I know I've got a nesting pair. They are on brood number four of the summer on the back porch. They, We've lived in this house five years every summer. Well, they start in like May, uh, maybe even April. Uh, but 
they've got a nest on a speaker on the back porch. And last year they attempted five nests. Right now they're on nest number four. So those chicks should literally be falling out of the nest on September 1st. Uh, hopefully they stay far away for their sake uh, from every agricultural field in Collin County. Otherwise, JoJo might be uh, bringing one back and I'll be putting it in the dove bag. I don't discriminate. Um, what are we doing today? Well, let me go ahead and tell you. You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee. That black rifle brew out of granddaddy's beat up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And off the top, we're going to talk some bow hunting with longtime friend of the show and bone collector Travis T-Bone Turner. Archery elk is on my mind and, uh, and that takes place in September and then come October, it's bow hunting season for Texans. And I think a lot of other states, you know, whether you open up in late September or October, they're all pretty closely aligned as far as archery openers. So that's certainly on my mind. Been shooting my bow every day and uh, we're going to talk a little archery and also recovery as T-Bone had his right leg amputated below the knee at the beginning of 2022. Uh, he had cancer and they were able to save his life but did lose his leg. So we'll see how T-Bone's doing. And, uh, and then he'll help us build the perfect arrow, talk about proper technique, how to avoid target panic and how to avoid punching that trigger. You know, if your pin's floating, okay, well, how do you execute the perfect shot? Uh, we'll, we'll pick T-Bone's brain on all things archery coming up here in just a minute. And then uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll check in with Texas Trophy Hunters Lauren Conklin. As like I said, extravaganza season is here. Uh, three big shows coming up in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. So we'll get the lowdown on those and also SCI's acquisition of the Texas iconic tradition, the brand known as Texas Trophy Hunters. Uh, so what does that mean for TTHA? All that coming at you here with Lauren in just a little bit. Uh, that's what we're going to do today. Let's knock out a quick giveaway since we're going to be talking archery. How about some Crimson Talon broadheads and we'll make it uh we'll make it even better we'll do a three pack of fixed blades and a three pack of expandables so uh, these will be 100 grain broadheads and we'll send uh both models so if you're you know if you prefer one over the other well we'll just give you both so um just email the word broadhead that's broadhead to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen the prices on a three pack of broadheads these days, but they're like 30 to 50 bucks for a three pack. So uh, a nice little prize here from our good friends over at Crimson Talon. Uh, let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive down the archery rabbit hole with our good friend Travis T Bone Turner on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Come back to me. I'm a too long. 
In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. The original Texas Hunting Show is back. For 46 years, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza has been the official kickoff to Texas hunting seasons. Visit the world's top outfitters and guides. Get ready for the field with the latest hunting gear, rifles, clothes, and accessories. The granddaddy of them all is back August 5 through 7 in Houston, and this year only August 12 through 14 in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison, and August 19 through 21 in San Antonio. Get the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza on your calendar. More info at ttha.com. I felt his touch, I felt his guiding hand. The buck was mine forevermore. Because a friend bear, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you back into SVI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today as we are all set to check in with uh, a good friend and certainly a larger than life personality when it comes to the outdoor community and certainly bow hunting. Uh, but before we get into it with Travis T-Bone Turner of The Bone Collector, this segment of the show brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'm a proud member. Here's why. Because when it comes to putting their money where their mouth is, no organization is doing more both domestically and internationally to protect your rights as a hunter, as a conservationist, as a Second Amendment enthusiast. Yeah, they are active in D.C., just as much as they're uh, active in South Africa and Zimbabwe and Idaho, Alaska, you name it. They're everywhere. For more information, head over to safariclub.org. We'd love to have you. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on, making his first appearance on the show post-cancer surgery, uh, where they removed the bottom third of uh, his right leg below the kneecap. T-Bone, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely, man. I mean... It's like we're catching up as old friends, but somebody's recording it and somebody's watching you. You know, somebody's <laughs> listening and watching you. Okay, so first things first, you you've got a bandage on your ear. Um, what's going on there? You all right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not covering up a dangly earring or nothing like that. So I haven't went rogue. Uh, just uh, <laughs> found found a little uh, some skin cancer on my ear and some on my chest and stuff. And that, I just had surgery on that two days ago. So. Uh, All's good. It wasn't life-threatening cancer, but nonetheless, it was skin cancer. So they took a big chunk off the top of my ear, and I thought I'd have a little street cred now. Maybe look like a UFC fighter, or for those oh. that are older, Mike Tyson took a chunk out. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing good. I'm on the mend. So uh, okay. we got that all taken care of. And so that's not that's unrelated to your other cancer. No, I had myxofibrosarcoma on my leg and in my lung, and those surgeries were a success. And actually. I had the ear and chest surgery on Monday. They feel like they got all that. It's a it's a type of I think it's called basal basal uh, basal cell cancer, 
and it's not life-threatening, but nonetheless, it is cancer. And then Tuesday, I went to the Winship Cancer Center and had a CT scan and my three-month checkup, and everything showed out good. So uh, we, we uh, as, they don't ever like to say cancer-free, but as of right mm. now, the checkup we had for the next three months is cancer-free. Well, that's wonderful news, my friend. My, yes, sir. And, you know, I felt like such a jerk because I was texting you about um, – I was trying to get a group, a group of hunters together, influencers, like, because they deleted my Instagram page. I was like, well, how do we respond as a hunting community? Will people have, have your back, you know, uh, big tech's only going to keep censoring us, stifling us. Yeah. And, uh, that's not going to change. And so I was like, okay, yeah, it happened to me. That's, that's not, a, that's fine. They deleted my page. It, it's back now. But I was like, what if we had a group of people that all had each other's backs in this community for when someone does get canceled. Um, but so I was, I texted you about it and then you didn't respond. And I was like, man, I wonder if, if Travis is mad at me, you know what? I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, you hadn't made it public yet that, that you were dealing with cancer. And so when I found that out, I was like, man, I feel like such a jerk for bothering this guy about something so petty when he's dealing literally with life, life and death health issue. Um, so, you know, you find out about that and, uh, you, you, I will say this, the, your, your mindset, your positive outlook on the whole thing has been very inspiring. Uh, they, they can't keep you down, Travis. And, um, I think that's probably, um, your greatest gift just for the world to see that, man, it's pretty, pretty inspiring. Well, dude, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, and I apologize for not responding back to you. <laughs> you don't back to then, apologize. But, but, well, I mean, I, honestly, even through all that, I mean, I was, I, I kind of pride myself in communication and, you know, eventually something's going to slip through the crack. So I, I apologize about that. But, but as far as the, as far as the attitude and everything, I appreciate it. I mean, I try to look at everything as, you know, no matter how bad you got it, you know, things could always be worse. So, I'm, you know, I don't want nobody to judge me from the, from what you see on social media and say like, man, he, you know, man, he never has a bad day. Oh yeah. And I, I, we all have bad days and there's been some days I've had my lip poked out and, you know, and, and, you know, and kind of cussed a little bit and, you know, hit the wall a little bit. And, but, but for the most part, you know, you got to keep a positive attitude because you can either, you can either whoop it or let it whoop you. So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to, trying to do as much as I can with what I got. So will you get fitted for a prosthetic? Well, that's another story. Actually, I, I'm already fitted for a prosthetic. Went back uh -huh. went to four different fittings. The leg is complete and ready for me to take home. It's been ready for five weeks, but uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, our insurance company, has said that the guys at the prosthetic uh, uh, company built me too heavy of a duty foot. They're not willing to pay for the heavy duty foot that they put on mine. And I'm like, I need heavy duty. I mean, right. like if anybody needs heavy duty, so I, you know, all the other equipment that I needed, electric wheelchair, manual real wheelchair and everything else I paid for out of pocket because I was, I was told to let the insurance pay for your prosthetic. Cause that's the most expensive thing. And then you take mm. care of everything else. And fortunately, you know, financially I was able, I'm, you know, I'm able to pay for that stuff. And, and yeah. I did so thinking like, going to be a no-brainer they'll pay for the prosthetic and here we are now five weeks in my leg is ready and you know i'm five weeks behind on rehabbing and trying trying it i mean and because it because once you get the leg it, it's not like instantaneous you still got to learn to walk on it and 
you know, with me, the biggest thing is uh, safety hazard of falling, meaning like it's not necessarily learning. The, the learning to walk is good and one thing, but, the, you know, you can't afford to fall because if you blow a shoulder out, an elbow, a wrist or hurt your other leg, then you're out completely. You're definitely wheelchair bound then. So yeah, it, it, yeah. It, now you got to protect what you got. So hopefully you'll, we'll get that sorted out in the near hopefully, future. Yeah. Um, so I imagine you're going to spend as many days in the woods as you always do. I doubt it'll be from a tree stand as much this year, probably more pop-up lines. That's right. Yeah. Pop-up blinds or, or ground, you know, you know, stuff like a redneck blinds or pop-up blinds mm-hmm. or stuff like that. That's on the ground. Maybe, maybe one step stuff, you know, th- that would be about it. But yeah, I'm, I'll have to navigate this year. I'm sure 2023 will be a better year as far as learning stuff, but this year, um, I, you know, I think I got things figured out here on my home farm in Georgia. I'm fortunate enough to have some land and have mm-hmm. some deer to, that we can hunt here. And then Kansas, I'll, I'll get to go to Kansas. Looks like I got something in Oklahoma. And then we, we did pick up a, uh, good place to hunt in uh, Texas. So it looks like I'll be coming to Texas. So that's all mm-hmm. I know. And if I get to do all of those four, that'll be a 100% successful year. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time you were on the show, we were talking about that monster Georgia buck you killed on your own farm. Yeah. yeah I think just, you killed that one out of a pop-up. Am I wrong? Um, one was in a elevated redneck blind and the uh-huh. other one was on a pop-up blind on the ground. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a hell of a deer. Very, and, uh, very fortunate. Yeah. To get it on your own place, uh, yep. is even better. Um, I also hunt in Oklahoma, but for me, it's like a stone's throw. It's 45 minutes from ah, McKinney, that's perfect. Uh, but I just picked up 200 acres there and I haven't hunted in Oklahoma in about four years, but that's like, uh, depending on how far out in the sticks you get that Oklahoma is like the wild West. Like, it is. You never know what kind of meth heads going to be breaking into your camp. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. Like <laughs> that's a true story. Oh, our, our camper uh got broken into a couple times and one time they they busted out the window pushed the generator out the window and then left it like they drug it to the side of the road well my landowner happened to be driving by and was like what is that yellow thing under that tree well it was the generator so he he recovered it before they could come back with their truck and pick it up but oh wow man yeah it's uh the oklahoma is a beautiful state it's a oh, they've got great hunting there but it comes with a a little trepidation about, eh, you never know what's going to happen out there. Yeah. There's pockets <laughs> of uh, knuckleheaded crackheads all over the place. So yeah. every state's got a little section of them. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as bow hunting is concerned, uh, I'm, I'm the most, I'm the world's most average bow hunter. I just got my bow restrung, picked it up, uh, last week. And, you know, I've pretty much haven't looked at it in about six months. So, I don't know what, what percentage of people that bow hunt every fall, would you say fall into my camp or, you know, compared to people like you, that's a diehard archery fanatic year round, you live it, you breathe it as part of your existence. But uh, yeah, I mean, I basically start shooting in August and say, okay, let's do this. Yeah. That's, that's most folks. I mean, and the reason why I say that is because, uh, you know, just our lifestyles, you know, most folks are, well, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a plethora of people that are archers, whether they're white collar or blue collar. But, you know, you, you have to you, you have to kind of section off your time in the spring. It seems like with the warm up, a lot of people are fishing. You know, you, you mm-hmm. go to the seasonal things. There's not much to do. 
I mean, you do have to be a diehard to shoot all year, but like summertime, it's like you've got the vacation over with, with the family. You usually do that in June. Kids are out of school. July 4th seems to be the flip of the switch. It's like, all right, July 4th, I got all my honeydews out of the way. Mm. Now I can start focusing on Labor Day coming. I'm going to go to a good dove hunt and archery season's coming right down the corner. So sometime after that July 4th, depending on where you're at in the country, people are the, the masses are gearing up for hunting. So we're right in the middle of it right now. So folks are getting their bows out. They're getting them restrung. They're going to the archery shop. They're hearing all the, the new stuff that people in the industry have already known about since January. But these guys are maybe just deep diving and getting into it right now. So they're listening to podcasts. And, you know, uh, basically a lot of new shows are on the Outdoor Channel. And, you, you know, you're, you're going through the pep rally motions of gearing up for a, a, a good fall, hopefully, for big game all over the st- uh, country. Yeah. Well, archery elk is my favorite my favorite week every year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me, coming from Texas, I get, I'm lucky I, I get to spend one week uh, somewhere, whether it's New Mexico this year, it's Wyoming, you know, in the past, Colorado, wherever. Right. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, I think bow hunting elk is my, my favorite thing to do. I don't have the luxury much like you of having a trailhead uh, right behind the house, like some of the Western guys. Yeah. So there is this nuance to being, you know, a flatlander heading into the mountains and we don't have the luxury. I don't in the time with three young kids to just be like, Oh honey, uh, I'm going to go scouting for a, a week yeah. before I go elk hunting for a week. That's right. Uh, so we, we put a lot of emphasis on, you know, um, Google Earth, you know, yeah. um, Spartan Forge, or you know, name the app that you use for scouting. Yeah, base map, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of, of people that are in my situation, that's learning how to you know digitally scout effectively. I think is, uh, man, it's invaluable. I lo- I love maps. Whether it's uh, in our state, it's called Q Public, so it's tax maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got base map. Uh, google earth you know a lot of the other uh, map but it's but what it does is it uh allows you to rather than being boots on the ground you're get you're gaining sweat equity and you've got you, you know there's a more of a pride factor because you are doing homework you are prepping even though you can't be there you're doing as much prep as possible you know back in the early days before all this technology and stuff i mean we would have to i mean i'd break out the topo maps i'd order the maps on oh, yeah. and have them sent here from not the u.s or- geological yes. whatever yeah me too yeah not online there was no computer i'd order <laughs> no. them have them sent in here and man when that you know take a couple of weeks to get there and then i'd study those maps and stuff so uh-huh. uh you know it just it, it adds to the pride factor I, I use that terminology a lot but it does i mean things that you do the prep work you do before adds to the week that you're there because if you don't do any prep work the, the week is not as meaningful as if you've done all this legwork uh, long beforehand, shooting mm-hmm. your bow and researching what type of, you know, foods that you're going to eat, uh, what type of, you know, uh, optics or anything, any of that stuff that you're going to use. It just How many to- times is the mountain house lasagna going to make me go to the bathroom that day? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do I have enough toilet paper for that? <laughs> what is the lightest, most durable to- toilet paper that there is? <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's knock out a quick break. We'll come back and uh, hit on a couple things that I routinely struggle with as a bow hunter. Uh, Maybe you can offer some insight 
on how to clean those things up. Maybe uh, some of our listeners struggle with the same things. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by the new Crossfire HD 1400 laser rangefinder from Vortex Optics. Here's the cool thing. You know, you're gearing up for that backcountry hunt. This rangefinder isn't going to break the bank. I'll be taking one to uh, Wyoming this fall, as well as uh, having it in the tree stand come October. Here's the cool thing. You'll save 10% off not only the Crossfire HD 1400, but any Vortex Optic with my promo code LONESTAR10. That's 10% off when you shop at eurooptic.com. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Travis T-Bone Turner on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Wow, we live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then pff, you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at Go Wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt, fish, and cook their wild game. They also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts, with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Little Leonard Skinner bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you as always. Thanks for dropping by today. Thanks to Mossberg, our presenting sponsor, and thanks to Stealth Cam for bringing us this segment. Uh, Stealth Cam has an entire lineup of wireless cell cameras. Of course, they've got regular cameras as well, but uh, if you're looking for that ability to surveil your property, uh, whether you want it for security or more traditional uses, like getting an inventory of what bucks could or could not be on the hit list this fall. Uh, the luxury of having that information sent right to your cell phone is invaluable. And you can find their entire lineup of cellular cameras right there at stealthcam.com. Let's go ahead and get into some technical archery tips with uh, our old buddy, Travis T-Bone Turner, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. The, the thing that I struggle with the most in, and I've missed and 
and wounded elk because of this is shooting unknown distances. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mountains have different angles that you know, it's not like shooting in the backyard. That's correct. Uh, that stuff can throw, throw you off. And I, maybe the only, I mean, it's, it's so cliche to say, but I guess practice is the only way to figure that stuff out. But I think that's, yeah. uh, that's been my biggest challenge as a, as a, someone who loves bow hunting, but like I said, isn't a, a diehard hundred percent bow hunter all the time. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, the, the, the legwork beforehand helps, you know, with that, as far as like, you, you might, you might be, you're in Texas and it's flat. You can't really, uh, you know, make that shot or, but you can learn from your range finders, most all the range finder companies now, which by the way, in my opinion is definitely in the top three, most innovative things for hunting there ever was you know trail cameras number one and in, in my opinion especially mm-hmm. cell trail cameras and then laser range finders number two it's awesome for rifle hunters but it's invaluable for a bow hunter invaluable got to have it and they also have the uh, t- uh trajectory a uh, range calculator so it'll do the cuts for you so you may range it you know if it was straight out it's a 40 yard shot but the telemetry when you go downhill tells you that it is 41 yards but because of the the angle that you need to shave three or four yards and it tells you the shoot four yardage so that you can shave it and, and hit it correctly, which is invaluable. Like you said, in the mountains, if you got steep angles up, steep angles down, uh, yeah. that range finder really helps. Yeah. So I, I'm, I've got one sitting right here, but, um, yeah. I, I made this, this decision this year to not shoot an elk unless I have an actual physical range on it. Because last year I ranged, you know, it's different when you're sitting in a tree stand, you know, what every, every tree you've looked at all those trees a hundred times. You've envisioned that shot. I I have, you know, that's, oh yeah. I think we all do. We get familiar with our tree stand setups, but when you're in the mountains and the situation is fluid, it's out of your control. You're just going where, where the elk's going, trying to cut them off. I ranged a tree last year, 40 yards. The elk came right where I thought he was going to come, but he wasn't, he wasn't in front of the tree a little bit but I couldn't tell. I didn't have that depth perception. I was like, okay, he's even with the tree, 40 yards, boom, put the 40 yard pin, smoke him. The guy was, that was calling was like, dude, you nailed him. I was like, eh. I saw the penetration the the arrow was buried three fourths of the way in. And when he turned and ran, I could see, I was like, eh, that was a little high. And when, when we went and looked at where he turned, I mean, you could very clearly see in the dirt where the elk was and where he turned and ran was 32 yards because he was in front of that like i said in front of the tree but just to the right of it and i that eight yards made all the difference in the world yeah and i was like you know what if i don't get the shot off this year and he didn't die i mean i think we actually ran into that elk again it was in no man's land you know above the lungs and uh those animals are so tough there's no doubt in my mind that didn't kill him but i i don't want to have that experience again just because it's like it's I don't want to say it's traumatizing, but it almost is to to put all that effort in and do all the things and shoot your bow for six weeks leading up to the hunt and then not execute what should have been a chip shot. Uh, but you know, even if I don't get the shot off this year because I'm wasting my time with the rangefinder, it's for me. I think it's just the way I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, well, it, it it you're right. It does deflate your confidence for sure. You know, to have something like that happen, and we don't want that to happen. But you know, something that um, that that. 40 yards for me on an elk is the determining factor, meaning like I feel pretty good uh, because shooting multiple pins, anything under 40, I can kind of quick judge it 
And that's mm-hmm. a good way of like, even if you're not shooting your bow, but if you're going on a walk, your family walk with your wife, take your rangefinder with you and judge mailbox, you know, like, Hey, how far is that mailbox? And like, I think it's 38 yards. And then you double check yourself so that you learn distance, you know, cause inside 40 with an elk should be in everybody's wheelhouse. You should. Oh yeah. Enough. So, so learn 40 yards uh, really, really well. And just know that you got the confidence to, to, you know, you'll see all three pins, your top three pins are in the animal and then, and then shoot it. But to you saying like beyond 40 yards, don't shoot beyond 40 yards, unless you know the yard. I, I get that. I, I, I go along with that. Mm-hmm. Or luckily if you got your, your, uh, if you've got a collar with well, all you that is saying is man cable you really suck because 40 yards you should have smoked him you know <laughs> like, oh, there's no excuse no no uh, everything, everything happens i mean there's there's more to it it could have been you know you could have been an awkward position you know and and you shot high because you was eight yards off which is which is a fact you will shoot high but you know there's things that compound that you know you may have been in an awkward stance you may have torqued your bow just a little bit there mm. there's a lot of things that could have you know, if we're splitting hairs that made your era climb a little bit more than, than what it did. So it's, yeah. it's not all your fault. And we, we, we dissect this so that, Oh no, it's all my fault. No, I'm no, be, I, I'm still beating myself up over it a year later, yeah. but I, here's my chance for redemption this year in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> and we dissect that so that we build confidence back. We, we want confidence back so that yeah. you, you're, you're, you're dissecting that so that you can justify it and explain it and, and be a better man because of it. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about target panic. Yes. What what how, what would you define target panic as? Um, target panic is the 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 you know I I, I could probably I, I got a better explanation, but that that I I'm not thinking of right now. But it's the fear of uh, what you know. It's the fear of what's going to happen. It's the fear of the shot. It's the fear of the execution. So, you know, you don't like the surprise shot, you know, anytime we're shooting a rifle, you know how you squeeze, put heavy pressure and just let the shot happen. You don't want to force the shot. Well, we want to transfer that rifle shooting over to a bow. But so many people start punching the trigger, you know, they mm-hmm. punch the trigger. It's like shotgun shooting. It's like there, the sight picture is I like shoot the trigger, just punch it with your thumb, punch it with your finger. Well, eventually you learn that this hand will move your front hand, your bow arm will move before this one goes off. So then you'll get up, you know, it's a nanosecond, but if this hand flinches, it causes things to go left and right. So then you don't like that feeling. It's like, oh, the bow let down or you thought it went and it didn't go. So you start anticipating the trigger and the bow arm tells on you. So then you start hitting sporadically and you don't like that. So subconsciously your mind says, I do not like, I don't like that. I'm not doing that again. So then the next form of target panic, there's different versions of it. But then like, if you're aiming at a, you know, if you're aiming at my thumb and the pin comes in, you start holding up low or you'll come in from the top and you'll stop, you will you'll hold up high or you come in from the side and you never will. You can't, you can't put the pin on the dot. It seems so simple. It's like most people are from the bottom. They, they come up to the target and they're like, I want to put my pin on the thumb and I, I can't. And then right at the last minute, they push their bow up and try to time the trigger. It's like, shoot now. And they, mm-hmm. that's what we call doing drive-by shooting. So you, shooting as you go by which it compounds it meaning like i am not doing this right and i can't believe i'm punching this trigger whereas you need to have control over the shot the only thing that you can control is really the aiming it's just aim and then just steady pressure meaning like i don't know when this shot's going to go off i'm squeezing this trigger i got good back muscles so i'm pulling against the wall so that i won't collapse on the shot 
mm-hmm. and you want that pen just to, it's never going to be still. Nobody is perfectly still. Just let it, what we call hum right at the target and just bore your eyesight where you want the air to hit. And then just let the shot happen. You know, always keep on that good wall. Do not collapse. But target mm-hmm. panic is you won't allow, it's like the yips in golf. You know, if anybody ever golfs, they, it's the yips in golf is exactly what it is. So you're, you're afraid of the explosion. Uh, you, you're, you know, that moment, that anxiety builds up. It's like, I'm in control. I'm in control. I got to make this happen. And you're, you're scared. I don't, I don't think that I suffer from, so you kind of outlined two different types there. The one where you're, you're afraid of the result. And then the other one is more of like the, the floating pen. I certainly feel like there's times where I'm doing the drive by, you know, cause the, the pen's floating, it's floating, it's floating. Okay. There it is. Boom. You know, yeah. uh, trying to get it anticipate when, when I get my pen on that exact spot that I'm aiming at. Correct. Uh, so I, I definitely, and it doesn't happen every time, but there's times when I'm like, Oh, and I, and I usually can tell when I did it. Yes. Um, but it's, I think that, like you said, the, the pen is going to float for everybody. Yep. You can't make it still. There's nobody does. Yeah. Some, some do, you know, through weighting your bow and, and, you know, through practice, it gets slower. You want the oscillations to be slow and rhythmic and the slower and the more rhythmic it is, the way you weight your bow have offsets, uh, the way you relax, because, you know, archery is not a, it's deemed as a macho sport because you're pulling mass weight back. You're pulling 70, 80 pounds back. But in actuality, you want to suppress that, that energy. All you want is just enough muscles to hold the bow up and to hold the bow back. And that's it. That's all you want. Uh, anything more than that, uh, you, you know, you just want to execute the shot. So if you incorporate a lot of tension and, you know, like I was saying, if this hand moves before this hand reacts, then you're not going to have great results. So, so it's called flinching or anticipating the, the trigger and you're swiping at the trigger. You're trying to time it. Mm. The guy, I will say this, the guy that has perfect timing, meaning like if this hand goes off, a punches exactly when it hits the dot, you know, when it's moving around and he punches, but has no anticipation is the most accurate archer that there can be. I mean, like you can, Tim Gillingham is one of the best there ever is. Uh, because he times it, but you'll see him flinch sometimes, or you'll have a bad weekend or some bad shots where he's not in control of the shot. But the guy who can punch when it's there is the most accurate shot. I'm not, I'm not telling people to do that because that breeds target panic because eventually, you know, you're, you're going to be off your timing's off. And a good analogy I like to use is punching versus a good back tension execution surprise shot. Here's the evaluation. If you pr- always practice back tension, squeeze, squeeze, aim, aim, just focus on the aiming and let the shot happen, um, you'll be more accurate. Let's just, I'm just giving you an analogy. You shoot 100 yeah. shots. That guy that squeezes and does back tension is going to have a group of, you know, let's just say a, a, a six inch group at 40 yards. Well, the guy who punches will have, have a tighter group, but about 10 of his errors are going to be flyers, like way off. And then the flyers are just ones when you got weak minded, you had a little, uh, you know, problems with anticipation or whatever, but those Those are are the broadheads that are stuck in the back fence. That's right. Those are the the times, (laughs) those are the times when, when, uh, you know, when you got the most stress on you, when you're trying to make a shot on the animal. So you want to build a rhythmic shot 
that has low in low low um, pressure on it, and you have uh, not a lot of tension there, so that you execute a good shot. Now, if you practice that back tension style shot, push pull, never collapse on the shot. Always, you know, kind of pulling, putting some tension on that back wall, and a, a surprise release. Now, in the heat of the moment, you may have to punch the trigger. You know, just like you said, that elk's coming in there. I ain't got time to sit there and squeeze and aim and four or five seconds, but mm -hmm. you've practiced thousands and thousands of shot doing it the right way. That one time that you do punch it, everything else is going to be perfect. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to punch, but if you practice perfect, it'll make your misses a whole lot less. So you're going to have a more consistent shot after shot after shot than you would if you punch and have a bunch of accurate shots, but then you got a lot of flyers too. And there's just no way of controlling that. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And my, like I said, my back fence can attest to that. Uh, I think we've all my, got that back fence. To my wife's uh, <laughs> dismay. Um, but it looks a lot better once I got it restained. Kind of hides yeah. it a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> so what about matching? Uh, here's, one, here's a question I have for you. What, do you, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the, the micro diameter shafts? arrow shafts versus um, the regular like a standard size yeah just like you know i, I would say the gold tips that i always shot versus i'm shooting these blood sport micro diameter ones now yeah I shot them last year and i took them to africa um mm -hmm. really like the way that, that that they fly and and they gave me i shot a stable with them and an eland and uh got great penetration on both clean pass through on the eland actually uh, but well, the, what are your thoughts on those? And you can, well, even though I said I'm shooting them, give me your honest answer. Yeah, oh, I will. I will. The, uh, the, and, and what you're talking about, like a, you have three different diameters that are the most popular, a 0 0.166, mm -hmm. 0 0.204, and a, a 0 0.246. Uh, first thing you should know is most all, most all, it's like a, a, a standard amongst the industry that ferals of broadheads are built on a 2164 frame. So the ferrule of the broadhead, the meat of the broadhead is built on that frame. So the broadhead is making the hole. We, we do all these testing on penetration through ballistic gel, which is not really fair because that is not the same consistency of, a, of an animal with muscle, fiber, bones, and such like that. So basically, yeah. you're shooting a watermelon. You know, the, the goods of an animal is a watermelon with a, with a crispy, a good shell over of ribs and stuff, if we're talking about the perfect shot. So... Micro diameter through the Ashby studies, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ashby mm -hmm. Foundation. The Ashby Foundation, the studies show that as long as for maximum penetration, we're not talking about weight and stuff, we're just talking about drag on the arrow. If the arrow is 5% smaller than the ferrule of the broadhead you're shooting, that is maximum penetration as far as friction on the shaft, meaning like any more than that, if you step down 10, 20%, you're not gaining anything. The only mm. thing you're gaining uh, is maximum penetration and friction is just 5% step down. So your two, four, six, your, your, all of those will do that. Now, structural integrity is huge. That's one of the top things in building an arrow, structural integrity. The larger diameter of the shaft, the, it's just like a pipe, a piece of PVC pipe. You know, a, a two inch or a three inch is real rigid, whereas if you go down to the half inch, it's not. It's not so flimsy. You have to increase the wall thickness of that era to really gain the same structural integrity as a larger diameter shaft. So I will say, just like in the olden days, some folks will remember this on aluminum eras, you know, as you went up in pounds, 
you went up in larger diameter, like a 2419 was 24 outside diameter, 19 inside diameter mm-hmm. or at wall thickness. So mm-hmm. with that said, the larger the front two numbers on aluminum is the larger diameter, therefore giving you a stiffer, um, a more a heavy duty shaft. So same holds true with carbon. You can gain a stiffer shaft with micro diameter, but you have to increase the wall thickness quite a bit. So um, any of those things are fine at the end of the day. Uh, it's whatever you got the most confidence in, whatever you can shoot the most accuracy. I will always screen this, no matter if we're talking about a 450 grain era to a 700 grain era. At the end of the day, you want something that's in the happy medium, but accuracy always wins. Whatever you can do to be the most accuracy, it always wins. Even if you're splitting hairs, every time you're tightening that group up, it always wins. So confidence equates to uh, accuracy. So I, ho- I hope that was kind of a good answer. Oh, no, absolutely. Thanks for being so thorough. I mean, that's why you're here. So we can pick the mad scientist's brain. Uh, Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, Travis. We'll come back and let you build the perfect arrow. Um, And then also, do you change that setup based off of the species you're pursuing? You know, you go from whitetail to elk or to moose. Do you shoot the same arrow? All that coming at you next. That segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the 940 Pro Waterfowl. Duck season is almost here. Check out Mossberg's new semi-auto-loading waterfowl shotgun. It's the 940 Pro. You can shoot it 1,500 times before you have to clean it. That's why I love it, among other things. I mean, it cycles beautifully, shoulders perfectly. Check it out at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. With the saw blades buzzing, they be smoking and cussing. It was back when times were good. Living and learning down at Sam's Custom Wood. It's time to tell you about Protect Products. Veteran owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, Energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep, sleep, and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback, and the cool thing is they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. The granddaddy of all hunting shows, the 2022 Hunter's Extravaganza is back August 5th through the 7th at the NRG Center. See the best bucks taken last season in our annual deer contest. Free entry for police officers, first responders, and active military with an ID. And kids under five. Experience the latest in hunting technologies and equipment. And don't miss the 2022 Hunter's Extravaganza. Details and tickets at ttha.com. Hey guys, Cable here for Cryo and More, the one-stop feel-good shop in McKinney, Texas. I've been going there for over a year now. All your holistic healing needs with cold, heat, and compression therapy services. And these services, they're the fastest way that I've found to reduce inflammation and to get to the root cause of pain. You don't need to be in pain, though, in order to benefit from these services. Cryotherapy helps with burning calories, 
optimizing sleep, boosting energy, and much more. I can tell you that's true because I feel like a brand new man every time I get out of the cryo chamber. Uh, plus, compression therapy helps promote healthy blood flow. Come in anytime before 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Say the words cold outdoors and you'll get $10 off your cryo session. That's cryoandmore.com. Cable Smith, welcome in everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. We're still visiting with our good friend, Travis T-Bone Turner of the Bone Collector and Realtree Road Trips, longtime outdoor personality. Uh, before we continue our archery discussion, however, this segment brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors, I believe it's the best apparel in the industry. Texas based. It's what I'll be wearing, whether I'm waterfowling, um, headed to Africa, chasing elk in the mountains, whatever. I'm just headed to the whitetail stand. Um, they make great products, but more importantly, they back them for life. That's a lifetime guarantee on outdoor apparel. Seems pretty crazy because I know how rough I am on my hunting clothes. So uh, you're probably in that same boat. But they guarantee it for life. Crazy. Oh, and by the way, use that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at numaoutdoors.com and you'll get 20% off your entire order. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and jump back into it here with old T-Bone. When you have your, your whitetail set up, mm -hmm. do you change your the grain of your broadhead or your arrow when you go elk hunting or do you just take the same thing? I, I build a, a in, in my opinion, I build an arrow that I can hunt anything in North America with. Uh -huh. I, mean, I mean, the only thing I would might change is if I was going moose hunting yeah. or bear hunting, I'd probably switch from my, I'm a huge fan of the G five mega meat. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of if you have enough kinetic energy and if you have enough foot pounds of torque and heavy enough air and FOC, I'm a fan of expandables that are rear deploying where the blades are exposed and all exposed and all they have to do is just go into place. And I'm not a fan of the ones that go in and have to fold back over themselves. It just robs the arrow of too much energy and can hinder penetration. Uh -huh. However, we know that fixed blade broadheads do penetrate, do penetrate better than a mechanical. Um, but, um, you know, there's, uh, there's trade-offs on that. If I'm going through a bigger animal, like a bear or a moose, or, you know, if I was, if I was only able to pull 60 pounds, I might consider putting fixed blades on if I was elk hunting, but I try to build personally an era, assuming that I'm pulling, like I've always pulled 72, three, four pounds. I, I build like my, the number I go for is basically a 500 grain error, 500 to 550 is where I want to be. And as long as I can get a 500, 550 grain error, FOC between 15 to 19% and to get it to fly in that 255 to 285 range, I, I've got everything I want. The trajectory is good. It's something that I feel like an outfielder throwing a baseball. It's like, how do you know your range? It's just 
that trajectory with that feet per second is a comfort factor to me. Meaning like, I know everything that's 98% in my wheelhouse, as far as 50 yards are in or 40 yards are in, that's a trajectory I'm comfortable with. I just know those pins and I can execute a good, strong, confident shot. Um, because I know that, I mean, I've just shot that speed and, and I, I got it. I know that I've got a good heavy air and I know I got the FOC to help me with wind and forgiveness and penetration. So that's what I try to achieve. And you was asking about broadheads. Most all your engineering and innovation is on a hundred grains. That's what everything, you know, like if there's 200 broadheads out there, 170 of them are going to be hundred grain broadheads. They do make some 125s. You can find some heavier than that especially if you're going single bevel or really hunting some large, large game. And you can find some lighter than that. Not so much anymore. You don't find the light much anymore. But the good thing is there's a lot of companies out there now that are actually building component systems that allow you to weight that era, the FOC wise, build the mass weight you want to, put the weight in the front of the shaft, build a good FOC, heavy FOC era. And protect that, you know, like we talked about, you got a 15 cent uh, uh, insert holding all this together. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got $18 in a broadhead. I got $18, $20 in this era, and I'm going to let a 15 cent insert hold all that together at the, at the weakest structural integrity part there is. So I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I'm so thankful that these companies have, have built stuff. You know, there's Iron Wheel, there's uh, Valkyrie, and as well as Ethics Archery that you build a long pin. It's usually about, you know, three to four inches long. You can customize the weight, but it has breakoffs that you can customize it. The long stem of an insert increases the static spine of the arrow. So that helps you with your FOC. Mm-hmm. And then the beauty of it all, you cap it off with a stainless steel outsert that marries up perfectly with the broadhead so that you have a smooth transition from the ferrule of the broadhead, which we talked about is 2164 right. down over the stainless steel outsert transitioning down five, 10%, depending on the size area you're shooting. And then you have no friction in the wind. You have no friction in, uh, or, or very little friction in the wind and very little friction as far as pass through. So you can customize it with the, the uh, insert systems that's out there now. So, um, you know, it's nice that the aero companies are offering these, these inserts just to get you going. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, you're spending so much on arrow. You're spending so much on broadhead. You should spend, you should make sure that that arrow, because as soon as you cut this, we was talking about this the other day, think about it. You spend all this time practicing and you cut that arrow loose and, and everything is off the table. It's out of your hands. Yeah. You're sending a projectile. And that is the one thing between the broadhead is important. Everything, everything in that arrow is so important because your whole hunt comes down to this. The, the when you cut that arrow loose hope you yeah. guided it correctly but you want that arrow it's like holy crap it's out of my hands now i hope that arrow is flying so true and is so strong and is so sharp that it's going to do and it's going to hit so accurately that it does the job that i have spent the last eight months nine months travis i gotta go shoot my bow we gotta cut this short i mean you're talking like i need to be out there shooting right now and I'm, sorry, I'm sorry man <laughs> I, I, I get so passionate about this i, I mean, love we it talk about it a lot but it's like talking to a mad scientist. That oh, has, yeah. I, I mean, and I'm, I'm learning as we're going, you know, and, and I hope our audience is as well. Because, uh, I mean, that's why I'll, I'll even say this. And I think I've told you the story before, but we were at this thing at Cinnamon Creek and you were there at Cinnamon yeah. Creek Archery and they were raffling off a, 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 um, 
an alligator gar bow fishing trip with you. Yep. And so people were coming and my wife and I came out there and I've tried to get my wife into archery so many times and she's like, no, nah, you don't know what you're doing. I don't want you to teach me. I'm like, but, but honey, I, I actually host a hunting and fishing talk show for a living. I mean, I have some experience. I could show you how to do it. She's like, no, I know, I know that guy from outdoor channel. He's going to show me. <laughs> and, and, and it was a great experience for her. And she was like, yeah, I, Travis is so nice. And he, he taught oh. me how to shoot a bow and, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. yeah. Um, I think as far as, you know, that's me, the kind I, of, I, I hate to interrupt you, but that's the kind of feedback that makes life worthwhile, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, she, and, and she just, you know, obviously you're one of the nicest human beings. Um, on the in the outdoor industry and, and you oh. and nick and, and and michael are all the same you know uh and that. that's why i think people continue to to gravitate towards you guys and um uh, 15 20 years later you, you know you're still doing it um and still and still you know building a fan base that's already uh i mean one of the best in the in, in biggest in most loyal i think in the outdoor community super blessed um, and oh and and you guys, I, that was the last time you were on the show was before Georgia had the Senate runoff. That's what we were talking yes. about. Yeah, which we lost, but we're going to yeah, get it I back. <laughs> I know. I, I got high hopes, man. I'm. I, it, it, it's got to go that way. I got high hopes. I swear I do. Whew. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys aren't afraid to talk about politics um, and, no. you know, America, whereas so many other entities in the hunting space don't want to touch it. They don't want to touch it because... They don't want to alienate fans, aka they don't yeah. want to possibly lose dollar bills, right? Yeah. Uh, well, at the end of the day, I mean, it's our we, we we've been fortunate enough to give this platform, and I think that's the one reason folks tune in and listen to you. They listen to us and li listen to everyone is because they they want to feel like they know you and they want to feel like they know your views and they feel like, hey, Cable's got a pulse on this. I'm going to listen to what he says. You know what else? talking some pretty good sense that makes you know mm -hmm. we 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 have a platform we have a reach so you you need to express your you know be tactful about it but express your views and you know give some people that help that that are working 60 hours a week in an oil field that, that they don't get to listen to the radio they don't they're not in tune they're not talking to legislatures they're not talking to the people that are fighting so you know we are in tune with that we need to let them know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i've always i've always loved that about you guys um I think uh, I think I'm gonna let you get back to it, man. I know you've got yeah. a busy day, and thanks for taking time out of your schedule to uh, to visit with us. And um, I certainly am going to on the uh, the floating pen thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do as far as trying to cut down on the those number of flyers. Um, but I, I don't shoot a back tension release. So maybe that is, no, no, know. no, 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 no. Let's fix that. I, I know you got to go, but, but back tension, the uh, people say back tension release, all releases are back tension releases. So mm. it, it, there's a misconception in the industry that if it's a T handle or a hinge, it's considered a back tension release. I shoot an index finger trigger for, for hunting and I shoot it with back tension. Okay. Back tension is the action in how you fire any release or should fire any release, but but it's been late. I understand what you're saying now because yeah. I, I shoot the, the trigger finger release. Yeah, as but well. you, you can shoot that with a you can shoot that with back tension. This is the way I say do it real quick. You yeah. put pressure on the you build pressure on the trigger, and you you know you naturally you're squeezing with your finger. But once you build some tension up, or I call it head pressure, 
then let it go over to your your finger don't work more and you got to do it with your back muscle you got a ball between your shoulder blades and yeah. you're trying to mash that ball and this turns into like a coat hanger hooked on that trigger and just mm. smash it just push a little bit and then mash that your shoulder blades together and you're mashing the ball that incorporates back tension and that's what fired that release and i always like to say this i think your viewers will handle it but squeeze that trigger like a sore ding ding <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't 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 beat it up man just squeeze it like a <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. all right i'm gonna take that with that sore ding ding and i'm gonna go to the uh the backyard right now and see if i can avoid putting any more holes in the fence yeah, man. Good luck. I, I hope I didn't come across like I was preaching a sermon on archery. But oh, no. I, I hope it comes across. I'm just so passionate, man. I really am. Well, and that's why I love picking your brain on this stuff, man, because this is, you know, uh, when was the last time you shot a deer with a rifle? Um, I've killed a couple with a muzzle loader in the last couple of years, but with a rifle, it's been it's been about five years. I'm not mm -hmm. a, I'm not against it, though, man. I like oh, burning I know. powder. I know. I There's it. the difference I, between you and me. Like you. Yeah you don't really gun hunt much. Like I'll be the first one to cheat on my bow. Like, Oh, uh, I haven't got my target buck yet. And yes, I'd really like to kill him with the bow. I've been hunting him all October, but yeah, here comes gun season and okay. Uh, let's set my bow down now. And, yeah. You know, I like to do the archery specific hunts. Um, but I'm, you know, at the end of the day also, I just like, I like punching my tags and oh, I'm yeah, not man. as good of a bow hunter as you. So that's why I want to pick your brain. Cause sure. Uh, the little the, and that's how we all learn right it's through personal experience but also you got to learn from talking to people that are better than you so great great um all right There's man well i certainly appreciate the time as always i'm glad that uh your three-month checkup came back positive yes sir and you will continue to be in our thoughts and prayers and hopefully you'll get that that heavy duty foot and blue cross blue shield stop screwing you over Oh my gosh. I heard that. So, uh, yeah, man, I always a great time cable and, uh, you keep on doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. And, you know, holler if you need anything, I'm right here. All right, brother. God bless. All right, man. You too. Bye-bye. So there you have it. The latest from our very own archery insider, uh, Travis T-Bone Turner. Truly you think about larger than life personalities in the outdoor community and uh, T-Bone certainly fits that bill. And I, I do believe you'd be hard-pressed to find a nicer human being than Travis. So uh, always great catching up with him. That segment of the presentation brought to you by John X Safaris. The trip is May 22nd through the 30th, 2023. It'll be my sixth time in camp with John X. And uh, if I didn't love it, if it, every time didn't exceed expectations, I wouldn't keep going back. But uh, I've got, I think, four spots left. Just booked another one this past week. So uh, Daniel Arias, looking forward to having you join the trip, my friend. Uh, but four spots left. If you want to be a part of that, shoot me an email to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com, and I'll send you over all the necessary information. Coming up next, it's extravaganza season. That's right. The granddaddy of all hunting shows kicks off in Houston this weekend. Texas Trophy Hunters Lauren Conklin joins us right here it's on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. It's all gone. You had your chance. America's Coffee Company has something for everyone. I'm talking about Black Rifle Coffee, of course, veteran-owned and operated. Whether you prefer a light, medium, or dark roast, they've got 
a plethora of each. And here's the cool thing. They've also got K-Cups now. So if you're a, a Keurig kind of person, yeah, they've got you covered there. Actually, I'm sipping on the uh, hazelnut K-Cup today. Because some days I just don't want to make a whole pot of coffee. But whatever the case, they've got something for you. And you'll save 20% off of not only your coffee order, but all of that awesome Second Amendment, unapologetically American swag that they're known for. Caps, t-shirts, hoodies, etc. Yeah, 20% off of all that stuff as well with my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic-caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. The face of an angel in darkness, it can make you cry. The wind blows all around us, the time just passes by. Here's a little Wade Bowen bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. Uh, thanks for being a part of today's presentation. We're about to check in with uh, Texas Trophy Hunters' Lauren Conklin. But first, this segment is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee company, veteran-owned and operated. Black Rifle has something for every coffee drinker, uh, whether you grind your own beans whether you you put it in the uh, traditional coffee maker or if you're uh, the Keurig type, they've got K-Cups as well. They've got light, medium, dark roast, everything in between. You can find it all at blackriflecoffee.com, and you'll save 20%, I believe. That's the, the amount with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out. Uh, that includes all of their uh, unapologetically patriotic swag as well. Check it out, blackriflecoffee.com. All right. Well, when I think about hunting season and, and what really kicks it off for, for me and certainly for most Texans, there's two things. September 1st, Dove Opener. But before that, we have the Texas Trophy Hunter Extravaganza trade show season with shows in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. And so uh, here to talk a little bit about this year's extravaganzas, and there is one minor change, by the way. You, you didn't hear me say Fort Worth there. Uh, and there's a reason for that as they're moving to Dallas. But joining us now to talk all about the 2022 extravaganza season, Trophy Hunters Lauren Conklin. It's great to see you. You as well. It's been a while. Yes, it has. It is, uh, it's great to, to have you on, though. Um, some, some big news from 
TTHA is that's under new ownership. And, and you know, we're talking about a um, a Texas tradition. I think my shirt says, does it say 1975? Is that when it was founded? Yeah, yeah. We were founded in 1975. So we've we've been around a little while. Yeah, I love that shirt. I know, you know, the Texas Trophy Hunters logo is pretty iconic when it comes to Texas deer hunting culture. Everybody knows what it is, but SCI purchased trophy hunters. So how is that? And I don't imagine like much has changed fundamentally, but, um, you know, in the everyday uh, operations of trophy hunters, but has that been something that's given you guys more flexibility or, you know, is it just something, is it just a name SCI bought us? What does it really mean? You know, I, I think it was, it happened. Um, our, our ownership took over or SEI ownership took over, um, uh, fall of last year. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not quite a year into the partnership. Um, you know, not a lot has changed. I think one of the reasons that they wanted to, to, to take over ownership of trophy owners is because they see that we, we do a, a great job in Texas. And they wanted to be part of that. SCI is really focusing on um, impacting North America. And I think that, you know, one of the things that they've been, uh, you know, up against for, for a couple of years is the, the name Safari Club. And with that comes the idea that it's a safari hunt. And it's not really what the meaning of safari means. And so right. they're really focusing on North America and, um, you know, impacting local hunters. And with that came, you know, their idea of trying to look at some of the, the places in, in America, in the United States that was doing a really good job. And we felt really honored that um, they wanted to, to come on board with, with Trophy Hunters. So we've been really excited about it. It has definitely expanded our reach. Um, mm-hmm. It's given us the opportunity to, um, you know, to, to go outside of Texas, really. And we have gained members from all over the United States. You know, Texas is it's still a destination hunting uh, industry. And I think that that is just kind of really given us more, more depth and more um, reach without within the United States. Um, so we're excited by it. I think it's been a, a great partnership and we're just looking to, to do more and more together. And for anyone listening, Texas, unlike many of the states that I visit to hunt in, Texas does not price gouge non-resident hunters. We <laughs> give them a fair deal. You know, it's like, we, we do, want them to come here. We do. We're I mean, honest. I'm getting raked over the coals on my, uh, you know, New Mexico or Wyoming or Colorado, wherever you're going to hunt elk or mule deer or whatever. Shoot. Um, to go hunt. I'm just doing a whitetail hunt in Nebraska in December. Yeah. And it was like 350 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so Texas is very welcoming of, uh, of non It is welcoming. Hunters. And, you know, that's one of the things when you bring that up, that's one of the things that I've actually had the experience of talking to people that have joined trophy hunters because of SBI um, in, in the last you know couple of months. Um, just having that conversation with people that say, oh, I've been coming to Texas for years and they have friendships that they've built here. They have relationships. I mean, it's really kind of it's kind of cool. I mean, I'm from yeah. Texas. So I think that there's probably a lot of things that I take for granted. We're that a little I don't biased, of course. Yeah, I'm a little biased. <laughs> I'm a little biased. I probably take it for granted. You know, I, I, you know, grew up with, you know, hunting as part of my lifestyle and my family. So I don't think I really thought about it as much, but you're right. It really, it's, it's a very welcoming community. And we don't even charge people if they want to come hunt pigs here. You don't even have to buy a license. <laughs> it's so crazy. Take them um, off the property. Get yeah. away. 
yeah, I do agree with you though on the SCI front, like Safari Club International. They have, and and that's why they on their, you know, their social media stuff. It's SCI, and they yeah, they're not abandoning that name, but they are trying to get past that moniker of, or the idea that it's just a bunch of old farts in their sixties or seventies that have the money to go to Africa and yeah. out there. SCI is so passionate about, um, and and that's why Ben is invaluable as a someone that's there on the front lines in DC fighting for mm-hmm. our, not just our hunting rights here, but I mean, if it's about the second amendment there on it, you know, it's, it's pretty well all encompassing. Uh, so definitely encourage folks to uh, become a member of, of SCI and hopefully mm-hmm. they're already a member of uh, trophy hunters. Um, right. How many, and, and this is always one of the, my favorite days of the month. And I don't, I don't put as much, it's not the same as it used to be because I think because of the internet, like I used to get a hunting magazine in the mail, like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. You know, it's whether it's the new DU or trophy hunters, um, whatever it is, you guys are actually still putting out a magazine. Um, and I still like getting it. Uh, my son was featured in it a couple years ago when he shot his first black buck doe. Uh, so there's cool things that you guys do like on the new hunter side of things. Um, but yeah, I always still love the, the magazine and there's always great content in it. And I don't remember what it is to become a member, but the magazine comes with your membership. Yeah. And I, honestly, you know, there have been a lot of changes in, in, um, you know, today's world with, um, like to your point, you know, the internet and everything mm-hmm. has changed so much. I mean, it, there's, there's that instant gratification of just being able to um, literally post a photo from the field, but there's also something really, I think still exciting about seeing, seeing something in print and um, you know, having that tangible item in your hands and, you know, to be able to share it with the generations to come. And that's really what our magazine is about. Um, You know, it's, it's about bridging the generations and um, you know, just passing on the heritage of hunting and, you know, I, I talk to grandfathers and grandparents that they've been hunting with their sons for so long or their daughters for so long, and now they're bringing in their grandkids and the excitement of getting to share, um, you know, maybe I was in the magazine years ago and now my grandchild had this hunt and excited to share that. So it's really, I think that's really cool. I think that's really what, what our magazine is about is really just being able to, to pass on the heritage of, of hunting and, um, I don't see that going anywhere. Uh, I don't see us ever getting rid of our magazine unless Go we're ahead. absolutely forced to. <laughs> so I think yeah. it's something that you'll always see for sure. Awesome. Um, we always do the shows in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. And well, actually Fort Worth. This is the first time. <laughs> and it's always been at the, uh, the uh, what is it? The Will Rogers uh, Center there. Historically, it was at Will Rogers, and then Will Rogers went under um, construction about five years ago. Okay. And um, during that time, we were forced to to move locations in order to grow, really, to, right. to expand the show. So we moved over to the um, Fort Worth Convention Center, and That's we've right. been there since 2016, I think. I've been to so many of these things, I get confused. Is yeah, and, they run together, right? Going to Dallas and Houston, and then we did a show in Corpus a couple times too. We did and tapped into the fishing market. I would love um, to get back in the fishing market. If I, yeah. if I could get back into that, I I keep pushing that a little bit here and there, <laughs> saying we should really do a fishing show again. Yeah, well, I guess the I just don't know the the population is obviously not as big in Corpus as it is, and yeah. I mean you're talking about the three biggest cities in Texas, and 
the other three. So I yeah, I don't see it being in Corpus if we if we bring a fishing uh, show back. I, I love Corpus, but it, yeah. it probably wouldn't be the, the right. area we would pick. Well, so, okay. So Fort Worth Convention Center is where it's been the last five years. That is moving to Dallas. And I think this all stems from like a COVID situation and scheduling and um, but I mean, I'm from Dallas, so I'm excited to have it come closer to you. me anyway. You know, I'm hoping we, we tap into to some people that wouldn't normally come because, you know, there's, I mean, you're from that area, so you could probably speak to this a little bit clearer than I can. Um, there's definitely the, um, I only go to Fort Worth or I only go to Dallas and yeah. I don't know if there's some rivalry between the cities or, or not, but yeah, oh, it I really did. <laughs> yeah. I love them both too. I mean, yeah. I love them for different reasons. So yeah, I mean, it really did stem from the 2020 rescheduling um, of went through the pandemic and the convention that uh, rescheduled for us, um, like right around us, um, they took our weekends. And if we were going to have a show in Fort Worth, even looking at the other venues, I know people have said, well, why don't you go back to Will Rogers? And it wasn't even available. So mm. like in order for us to get it this weekend um, that we needed to keep all the shows in August, we had to, we had to go someplace else. So we chose to go to Kay Bailey um, Convention Center, Hutchinson Convention Center for, for one year. Um, but we plan on being back in Fort Worth next year. It was really just, if we wanted to have a show in Fort Worth, we were going to have to do it like in November in the middle of hunting season. And I know no one was going to want to have that happen. Yeah. I, we, um, we always do our Ducks Unlimited banquet. I'm on the Dallas committee. Yeah. We tried to do it in November one year and everyone was like, oh. Yeah. You know, so we do it in October, right before duck season starts and deer there season. Yeah. Um, yeah, November would have been rough, I imagine. It yeah. sounds cool to do a hunting show during hunting season, but everybody wants to be hunting. So exactly. They want exactly. to go on the hunts that they booked at the show. Exactly. Uh, That's what the show is all about. I mean, we really try to tell people, I mean, it's always been known as the kickoff to the hunting season. And that's why we do it in August. We want to give you the opportunity to, um, you know, stock up on, on new gear, make sure you're, you know, all prepared. Yeah. Book those hunts for, for if you can get them installed this year um, or next year. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really ideal. I think to have it in August. Yeah. So we have the first show will be in Houston. That is the sixth weekend of the fifth, sixth, seventh, correct? Yep. And then Dallas the next weekend. So Friday the 12th, 13th, 14th mm-hmm. at K Bailey Hutchinson. And then San Antonio will wrap it up uh, the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Um, Houston is at Reliant, correct? It's at the NRG Center. NRG, sorry. NRG Center. Yeah. I've been to that show. That's a great facility. Uh, I've also been to the San Antonio one, although I can't remember where it is. Uh, so it's actually at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. So kind of okay. close to the AT&T Center and the old uh, Freeman Coliseum. It's mm-hmm. in um, the Expo Hall there. Okay, perfect. So next three weekends, lots of exciting stuff. I'm sure that you're just running around trying to put fires out as these lots things. Lots of travel, yeah, for the, sure. And the planning and logistics. And there's always something that, you know, isn't your fault, but just falls through the cracks, doesn't get done. Uh, we ordered these months ago. Where are they? You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, I know how that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that. I mean, our team is actually pretty small. Um, you know, yeah. trophy hunters, while we might have a large reach and a, a, a large amount of, of members, and we do a lot of things throughout the year outside of even the, the hunters at Shabby shows, um, we're actually a really small team. 
Um, we've recently added a, a few team members, but um, we're only seven team members. And um, we, pretty much all of us, travel with the show. So um, the majority of our team members left out this morning um, and they will be uh, in Houston preparing for the shows. Um, so I, yeah, so this is Tuesday of the week. So yeah, they'll be, they'll be heading over there um, to be at the show um, this weekend. And then um, we literally drive home on, um, on uh, Sunday night after the shows and we turn around and leave Tuesday morning to head to Dallas. And then we come home and then we turn around and go to the San Antonio show. So right. starting now um, from the it's Houston show on, we will be, we will be nonstop for three weeks. So, um, yeah. but I mean, I think a lot of that is that I think that really kind of lends to the value of the show. And um, we say it's a family show and it really is because, you know, a lot of times our family travels with us. We, um, we feel like we get to know the exhibitors so well because often our exhibitors um, come to all three shows. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool that, you know, we just kind of pack up and go to like a little band of gypsies. You know, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy and fun. And we all hit our, our moments of exhaustion and then we all kind of band together and, and get through it. So we're excited to, to be heading out and be at the shows. I mean, I, I think about how much energy and effort we put into a one DU event for one night and everyone's just exhausted afterwards. And that's just one night, one night yeah. and you all do like three weeks of just nonstop. I don't know. It is a daunting task, but somebody has to do it. That's um, true. What about we have a lot talent? Of fun doing it, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, what about talent that uh, will be attending the shows this year? So or like um, outdoor personalities, you know, uh, we've got Kendall Jones coming. You're going to be there. Kendall Jones will be in Houston. I said um, talent. So be there. You know, I said talent. You don't have to throw me <laughs> into that group. I consider you talent. A very nice compliment. Okay. So Kendall um, Jones. Yeah. And we're really focusing more on um, seminars and mm -hmm. um, just kind of um, on stage uh, podcast and interviews you know, bringing some of our exhibitors onto the stage. Um, our stage is actually sponsored by Sig Sauer this year. So we're really excited to bring them on as sponsors. So our main stage is going to be pretty busy with just um, demonstrations, um, Q&As, uh, that sort of thing. So just really, you know, bringing it into yeah. what you do in everyday life and what we can help you do. So I'm sure Dr. Deer will be there talking about sure. management. Yeah, James yeah. is a good uh, a good friend of the show. I don't we've talked so many times over the years, but he has got a wealth of knowledge on all things white tail oh, deer. He's, he's amazing. He really is. Um we've got um Mike Reber is gonna be doing a podcast um about uh cooking in um in uh with wild game. So we're yeah. excited about that. You know, like yeah. I said, just trying to bring kind of like everyday stuff that you need to you know help you in in hunting. Um in San Antonio, we've got um, double nickel taxidermy and just kind of teaching you what you need to know about um, the best ways to um, field dress and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. really kind of focusing more on our, our seminars and then we've got our giveaways. Um, so we'll be doing some big giveaways. We've got sponsorships from Trigicon. We've got uh, a Glock to give away. We've got some products from Do All Outdoors. Um, so we've got some, some cool giveaways to, to get us through the weekend too. Awesome. Awesome. And this is not an expensive 
show to get into. So, you know, if you're thinking you're going to come out and you're going to have to spend a couple hundred dollars, that's uh, not no. the reality at all. No, that's that's not what we want to do. Um, you know, one of the things that we are uh, changing a little bit this year is our membership um, signups. So um, what we're trying to do is people coming through the door. We've always kind of had our, our memberships on one side and our tickets on the other. And people are saying, well, I get in if I'm a member, right? And so we want to give you that opportunity. If you sign up at the show for one of our membership bundles, you are going to get entry into the show. And that's going to be for all three days. So if you come and you sign up at the show, um, we're going to give you a full weekend pass. So you can come back and forth all weekend long, um, totally get your fill of us. And then we're also doing um, family bundles and couple bundles. So um, you can get a membership for the entire family. Again, we have a lot of people over the years that have been saying, you know, my wife and my kids want to be members, but we don't need three or four magazines coming to the show. So we're, um, we're launching a digital membership that is going to allow you access to view your uh, magazine um, on a digital um, platform. So you can sign up as a a family member and you all become members of Trophy Hunters and you get all the perks all year long. So I think that's really cool and exciting, something a little different for us. Going back to the family component of, I think, what really embodies Texas Trophy Hunters, my son's favorite hat is... And he knows he's been in the magazine, right? Um, yeah. But like when it's time to go to deer camp, he gets that the skull and antlers out and he's ready to rock and roll. And yeah. yeah and he's like, where's my hat? Where's my, if he doesn't know where his hat is, he's like, we can't go till I find my hat. So <laughs> uh, that just, that just makes me think about just uh, how that logo kind of transcends deer hunting culture in Texas. And from my son, who's nine all the way up to shoot. Um, what is his name? The guy that judges the white tailed deer that's been, uh, you, you'll know who I'm talking about. He's, he's ancient. Uh, Horace Gore. Yes. Horace. Horace. <laughs> I think about from my son, who's nine to Horace, who I've talked to so many times. I just lost. He's actually been yeah. on the show. We've talked about white tail yeah. deer before, but like, um, he's going to be, be there. He'll be, um, he's going to be in Houston and he's going to be in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So. And he's got to be in his eight. He might be 90 years old. I don't know. He's, he's late eighties, late eighties. Yeah. Late eighties. Yeah. So from, Talk about nine years old to late eighties. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 one of the things I really love about trophy hunters. Um, okay, so we've got Houston this weekend, NRG yep. Center. Yep. Uh, then we've got Dallas at K Bailey Hutchinson, and then San Antonio will uh, wrap things up. The yeah, and um, I want to mention something fun about San Antonio. Um, that is going to be our last show of the season um, or of the the schedule. But um, we have partnered with Los Casadores and their award ceremony, and they're going to be actually having their um, their awards uh, concert the Saturday night of the San Antonio show. So it's going to be um, August the 20th, and um, they've got live entertainment. If you are an active Trophy Hunters member, you get in free to the show um, or to the, the, the concert and the award ceremony. But um, you can sign up at the show. You can like come out Saturday afternoon, hang out with us for a while, do the show and then go over to the concert. So cool. it's just going to be in um, a, uh, one of the buildings like right next to ours. Um, but I think that's really cool this year. So a little extra entertainment for San Antonio. Yeah. And then uh, we didn't even mention, which I think is also a big part of why people enjoy the show is obviously the deer contest will be going on, which Horace will be scoring deer. Yes. Uh, another yeah. friend of the show, Jason Shipman, is always there scoring deer. 
And um, I always love just seeing all the bucks that that people are so proud of. And, you know, trophies in the eye of the beholder. And there's tons of different divisions and uh, categories, male, female, youth, um, high fence, low fence, typical, you know, non-typical, eight point, all of it. Um, Yeah. No, we'll we'll definitely have the deer contest going on. Um, Like I said, we'll have the main stage with um, uh, the six hour main stage active um, all weekend. We've got the campfire um, area set up. That'll be more of a a little intimate, more Q&A kind of um, uh, opportunity. We've got the deer contest and then we've got 3D archery. And then in addition to that, we've got all of the kids activities. So we've got Gator Country coming back again this year that will be doing their um, their shows um, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then, um, you know, live snake snakes, uh, we've done that. So you can come and check out the rattlesnakes. Um, we've just got some, uh, other, we got the fish tank for the kids. So lots of things to keep the kids active, uh, active too. So they can, they can catch trout or what's in, what do they all usually put in there? It's like, so I think it's been trout. You don't know. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you're like, it's, it's their them, fish. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, kind of like whatever's available. <laughs> right. Right. The kids don't care. Uh, no. Well, Lauren, hey, thank you so much. Um, I look forward to being out at the uh, the Dallas show. I'll be there most of the day on Saturday, and we're going to record that uh, podcast on the stage there around noon or twelve thirty. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll put out some information on that. Uh, Let's give away a pair of tickets. That would be great. And I said it earlier in the show. What year was Trophy Hunters founded? Just email the answer in. First person to email it in to. uh, Lone Star Outdoors show at gmail.com will win four tickets she's holding up. So bring the whole family. Um, Lauren, thanks again. Absolutely. And I am excited to uh, to see you here in Dallas next weekend. Sounds good. Thank All you. Right. Appreciate it. So there she goes. TTHA's Lauren Conklin. Uh, like I said, I'll be out at the Dallas Extravaganza. Hope to see you guys there. Uh, that segment was brought to you by Armasite, by the way, our new thermal sponsor. Looking forward to working with Armasite. Uh, thanks to Pulsar, it was a great relationship, but sometimes something better comes along. Uh, so definitely excited about what the future holds for Armasite uh, with their thermal and night vision optics. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Gotta go, gotta get out of here. Thanks to Lauren, as well as our other guest, Travis T-Bone Turner. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you the listener for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors.